This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, another day, another bombshell for the Ontario PC party. As you heard in Bob's news just minutes ago, interim leader Vic Fideli announced that he will not be seeking permanent leadership of the party. And that, of course, is something he said he definitely would be doing right now out of the gate. Now, it comes just as there had been some talk that his supporters were trying to reverse the decision to hold a leadership race at all. So um, you have to wonder what went on behind the scenes to bring this about. And of course, what does it mean going down the road? Now, of course, yesterday, Doug Ford jumped into the race, totally changing the dynamic. He said that his mandate was to, quote, take the party back from the elites. Now, my guess is that those so-called elites want to back a candidate of their own to challenge them. So who might that be? Some people are saying that this party really needs to elect a woman right now. Uh, Fideli says that he is also looking into spending and membership uh, under Patrick Brown. So there is just a lot to unpack here. And of course, we want to hear from you and whether this has any impact on your ultimate decision, uh, or at least as you see it right now, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Right now, we are going to Sue Ann Levy, who is an investigative columnist for Post Media and Jerry Nichols Communications consultant specializing in politics. Welcome to you both. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. Uh, good afternoon. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Uh, did any of you see this coming? <laughs> nope. Which? which? There are so which? many things coming at you. It's hard, yeah. to, hard to know, what, you know what's happening. It's really hard to comment on this race, Libby, because it's changing every few seconds. Well, uh, yeah, I get that. But, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, I was thinking that the angle was like, really, are there really people trying to reverse the decision to hold a race? So um, I I know we're in speculative territory here. But Suzanne, let's uh, start with you. I mean, what impact do you think this decision will have? And do you have a guess about how it might have come about? You mean with Vic Fideli? Yes, Vic um, Fideli well, not, not yeah. running. Well, my immediate thought was uh, this is an effort to stem uh, the support um, against, uh, or for, I should say, Doug Ford. And what uh, I suspect is that there was a fear that Vic Fideli would bleed off some of the vote and um, that their chosen candidate, whomever he or she may be, uh, would not win it, um, and uh, the lion's share of the vote would go to Doug Ford. So I see this as totally an attempt to, uh, to stop Doug Ford from becoming leader. Jerry? Well, I, that could be. Um, that, that could be right. Uh, my sense, however, 
is that Fidelity was probably getting a lot of negative feedback from the grassroots and from candidates and maybe even from people in this caucus saying, you know what, it doesn't look right that you're the interim leader and you're also looking for the permanent job. And it also doesn't look right that your staff and you know, your supporters are saying we should reverse the decision to have a leadership vote. It, it, it made them look maybe just a little bit too ambitious. So they're saying, hey, you know what, you've got to get out of this race. You've got to be an interim leader. And, and typically an interim leader is someone who is above the fray, who doesn't take sides, you know, who isn't a candidate himself for the top job. So I think he might be just reacting to his to pressure from within his own party. Yeah, and and Suzanne, it's, I'm sorry, I'm just a little discombobulated. It, this happens sort of so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- one thing that really struck me because I've spoken to Vic Fideli quite a few times is the way he came out out of the gate really aggressively saying it's my time and he didn't want to be called an interim leader. Uh, Do you think that this is perhaps a a reaction to that? Uh, No, I I think I I still firmly believe what I said. And I, I, you know, and the reason I also believe that is that uh, many of the same opportunistic people behind uh, Patrick Brown sadly have gone over to his camp are now in his office including uh, Patrick Brown's uh, chief of staff. And I think they're still trying to manipulate things behind the scenes, and they've had a chat with uh, Vic and said, look, uh, you know, I strongly believe that they've, they've had this chat and say, look, we've got to stop Doug Ford at all costs. You know, uh, as we wrote in our piece over the weekend, um, a lot of these people have already put themselves into the Carolyn Mulroney's camp, and I've been seeing that repeatedly on social media, and uh, we are hearing that from behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, I think it was just purely tactics, more than anything. Look, I actually would look at it the other way, uh, Libby, and say that uh, Vic probably is better positioned to go into the uh, leadership because he, he's going to be, uh, you know, the face in front of the party for the next how many weeks? Three, four, five weeks. Hmm. Uh, you know, um I, there, two of two of uh, Patrick Brown's main staffers allegedly went over to the Cal- Carolyn Mulroney campaign, mm-hmm. and uh, but the last we heard about that was perhaps she was getting cold feet. And you hear people say she certainly has the pedigree. People agree that she's uh, a smart woman, accomplished professionally. But as as one of our first callers pointed out yesterday, she spent most of her adult life in the United States. Mm -hmm. And nobody's ever even heard her speak. Jerry? Well, yeah. At one time, I would have said, yeah, all those things make her a real dark horse to be leader uh, of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party. She hasn't got the experience, you know, she hasn't had the, the political background or the, or the legislative background to be a leader. But nowadays, that doesn't seem to matter so much. I mean, nowadays, we don't really care about political experience. Look at Donald Trump in the United States. I mean, here's a guy that was never even elected dog catcher, got himself elected president of the United States. Or consider here in Canada, Justin Trudeau, a man who, yeah, he was MP for six years, but he didn't have really any executive experience. He was never in cabinet, and yet we made him prime minister. And I think if you, if you keep that context in mind, a Carolyn Maroney candidacy makes a lot of sense. She's, as you said, a lot of people are saying it's probably time for the conservatives to pick a woman leader. Well, she's a woman, and she has that sort of that 
famous last name. Uh, she has that name recognition, which goes a long way. So I think, I think she would make a really intriguing choice for the Conservative Party if they were to pick her as leader. Sue Ann, do you think they need to have a woman now? I know you've, uh, in the past, a few days ago, said, no, you don't think so. Um, you know, I think that is sort of the natural default position of the old boys. And here they say, oh, my God, you know, we've done wrong, we've done this, we've done that, we're perceived as this. And, and frankly, you know, that's how disconnected they really are with the reality of the situation at, uh, at Queen's Park, having been there and having covered the legislature and the thrust and parry of politics. Um, I don't really care whether it's a woman or not. Uh, what you said is correct. Uh, we haven't seen Carol, Carolyn Maroney even perform in public. I mean, at least with Trump, we did. He went through a grueling, grueling uh, nomination campaign. We saw him uh, present himself, like him or hate him. We knew what we were getting. Uh, Carolyn Maroney, we have no idea how she performs on the public stage. I'm not taking away with, from the fact that she's probably smart, she's got a good pedigree, but can she even speak publicly? I mean, do we even know? We've never heard her speak publicly. Can she debate Kathleen Wynne? Kathleen Wynne is hated, but she is an excellent, excellent campaigner. Not so great a leader, uh, incompetent leader, uh, but uh, certainly a great campaigner. And she's going to throw whatever mud she can at whatever candidate uh, to win the chair, to, to win the prize again. And I'm not even sure that Carolyn Rooney is up to, the, you know, up to handling that. I think it's going to be a really dirty campaign. Uh, what about uh, names like, for instance, Lisa McLeod? Uh, the word was that, that she deferred to Vic Fideli, but if Vic Fideli's not running, they're closely allied, uh, probably have uh, same supporters in the back room. Does, does that sound reasonable? Or even Lisa Raitt, who said it would not be her. Well, Lisa Raitt has said, I think she is, she's not interested in running. Yep. I, think, I, I think she would have been an interesting candidate. Um, McLeod? Uh, I'm not sure she has the support in caucus uh, to, to to run for the leadership. She, you know, I think she, she she might. I think she you know, she's certainly a name that's out there. Um, I'm not sure she'd be the top choice for a lot of people. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with Suanne. There, there are a lot of question marks uh, over over the whole PC leadership race, and it's going to be hard to see you know how it's going to unfold. But I think the advantage, the silver lining for the Conservative Party, is that. There's a sort of sense in this province that people don't like Kathleen Wynne. And this has created what I would call a rejectionist voter mindset. In other words, they're not looking at who can I vote for. It's I want to reject Wynne. I want to vote against Wynne. So as long as the PCs don't elect a leader named Kathleen Wynne, they're probably ahead of the game. Well, and, of course, this also leads an opportunity for the NDP. They can say, I, hey, our leader's name isn't Kathleen Wynne either. Well, and I, our I, party's not in meltdown mode. So I, I was, they have an opportunity. I was going to ask about that, Sue Ann. I mean, uh, if people are seeing this kind of chaos inside of the Conservative Party. And also, uh, they had come out, there's this whole question of the platform, uh, the People's Guarantee that has Patrick Brown's picture on the cover, but it went very centrist, uh, presumably to attract voters who are centrist but but wouldn't mind getting rid of uh, the Wynn government. You know, if, if uh, Doug Ford is elected, it's going to be a whole different platform, I would think, Sue Ann. Yeah, 
well, there was a lot of dissension within the party because I was around the day it was presented, the platform at the convention. And I went to um, a little get-together afterwards, and people were asking me, what do you think of the platform? And a lot of people were saying, well, you know, they were surprised at how centrist it was and abandoning the PC route. So here's another sort of opportunity for infighting. Um, I, you know, it's it's funny because... If those guys don't get their guys and gals, don't get their act together, uh, you know, Kathleen Wynne has them right where she wants them right now. And, yes, she is so unpopular. I mean, I was writing about polls, uh, you know, three months ago where she, she was going to lose pretty well every riding in Toronto. And now, you know, shifts on a dime. And people, you know, they, <laughs> particularly in Toronto, they want to have an excuse uh, not to vote for the Conservatives. And the Conservatives right now are giving them every excuse not to vote for the Conservatives. And there may even be a shift over to the NDP uh, if, you know, the hate on is so high against Wynne. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, historically, uh, I was glancing at some writing on what's happened in the past, that picking a leader so close to the election hasn't gone that well for the Conservative Party. And, and of course, uh, we remember 1990 when Bob Ray got in. Right. Well, we're entering into some really uncharted waters here, Libby. I mean, this is unprecedented that we're going to have such a, a short leadership race and you know all kinds of things can happen i think a lot's going to depend on you know when politics two of the most the two most key resources in politics are who's your candidate and what's your message and the conservatives are not going to have a lot of time to pick a leader and they're not going to have a lot of time to form a message so yeah they're going to face some real challenges in the next election coming around um a lot's going to depend on what kind of campaign they're going to run. I agree with Sue Ann. I think the liberals are going to throw mud. They're going to, they're going to get nasty because that's basically what you have to do. When your leader's not popular, the only thing you can do is make the other guy even less popular. right? Okay. So it's going to get nasty. And how will the conservatives react to that? How will their new leader react to that? You know, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, before we get to uh, some of our callers, I have one more question for you both, and that is, how much depends on the rules around the race? Uh, our guest yesterday, Kevin Godet, uh, was saying that that there's a kind of minimum amount of time that you need for, say, a mail-in ballot. You know, the, there's word they've been hacked, so presumably they don't want to go online. Uh, and it depends when the cutoff for members is. How much will depend on that? I mean, if, if Doug Ford gets uh, only a very short period of time to sign up members, uh, what's the impact of that going to be? Yeah, I think that's key for Doug Ford's race, um, what kind of rules are in place. Because I think at its heart, the Progressive Conservative Party is an establishment party. And I think a lot of the people in the party right now don't really have the stomach for Ford-style populism. So for Ford to be successful... He's got to get out there and he's got to mobilize and energize all the Ford legions, right? He's got to get them to join the party and then to vote for him. A uh, couple points. Does he have his brother's skill at mobilizing? Does he have that kind of Rob Ford charisma? We don't know yet. Second point, will he have time to get those people mobilized and energized and in the party? Probably not. So I think, you know, I think Ford faces some real challenges you know, in, in the weeks ahead if he's going to be a successful leadership candidate. I wouldn't underestimate him. 
Uh, I think he is far more popular than you would care to admit. Um, I've seen him walk into a room and people uh, gravitate to him. Uh, people are disgusted with the elitists in the party. They're disgusted with the sort of the opportunism. And people are even, and, and myself included, disgusted with the way Patrick Brown was basically thrown under the bus. So, I mean, he's going to, he's going to resonate far more than people would care to, to think he is because of all those reasons. Okay, uh, let's uh, take some calls. Our listeners are waiting patiently. Stephen in Parkdale, hello. Hi, Libby. How are you doing today? Fine. Uh, first, a couple observations. Uh, first of all, I believe the girls accusing uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, however, also, I believe Mr. Brown, because he, he seemed like a man of integrity for him to say it didn't happen. And for the whole party to desert him, I didn't hear one person say, he's my leader, I believe him, uh, until he's proven guilty in court or uh, says he did it to, uh, let's stand by him. I, I'm very surprised that there was, for a man that built the party up so high that everybody deserted him, is just That's uh, kind of the way politics works. Okay. Second of all, uh, you know, he, he uh, started off as one of the reform guys. He did move the party to becoming, again, a progressive conservative party rather than just a Mike Harris conservative party. Um, my, my suggestion to the uh, party right now, you're looking for a woman candidate. Miss um, Mulroney, unfortunately, I don't think is uh, the person... Why don't they go federally and recruit Rona Ambrose? She was a great interim leader for them federally. I think she she has absolutely uh, no connection to Ontario. Thanks for that, Stephen. Let's go to Fred in Brantford. Hi, Fred. Hi. Well, it's the best news I've heard that Doug Ford's running since uh, Donald Trump became president of the United States. And you people that's on there that have your own opinions... Don't forget, we're voters. We have our own opinion. You can sit there and talk all you want about running him down. Now you're running Ford down. You ran Trump down. We'll get him in, and may the best man win. And I think Doug Ford is the man to win. Are you a member of the party? Pardon? Are you a member of the Conservative Party of Ontario? No, but I I might just join up now that Doug's there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Uh, uh, Dennis in Brampton, but Sue Ann, uh, it sounds like you want to jump in there. <laughs> oh, well, I just want to tell that man in Brantford I wasn't running him down. I actually think he's, uh, he's going to resonate, and uh, I speak as both a journalist and a member of the PC party. So, so uh, are, are you handicapping him to win, or we have to see what the competition is? Oh, I ha- we really have to see what the competition is, but uh, I think he sent uh, a real grenade through the party yesterday, and, you know, all these people who are plotting and scheming, and, and Libby, just make no mistake, they are plotting and, sque- and, and, and oh. scheming behind the scenes. Um, the ones who think that they're, you know, they're already going to crown Ms. Mulrooney, Mrs. Mulrooney, or Ms. Mulrooney, whatever she calls herself, um, or Rod Phillips, or somebody who, uh, you know, thinks they've already got uh, the, uh, you know, the, the fast track to the finish line. So, you know. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I've got Dennis uh, in Brampton on the line. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm hearing comments that are pointing to a um, negative campaign on perhaps uh, both parties' part. And I would suggest that if I were a liberal strategist, I would not uh, be doing that. I would much rather point to a number of things that the party has done of a progressive, positive nature. And I won't list them all, but just to name a few, the pharmacare, uh, the transit infrastructure uh, spending, um, improvements in CPP stimulated by the OPP, and the post-secondary tuition. So there are others, but I'll, I won't occupy the line and let, uh, let, let's hear from other people. <laughs> okay, thanks for that, John. Okay, um, uh, I am going to say goodbye to Jerry Nickel. What would you like to leave us with, Jerry? Well, I think we're in for a wild time, Libby. And it should be fun to watch. I think Ford's going to be a wild card in this race. You should make it really interesting. But you know what? What's going to happen? Who knows? Okay. And we're Su- Suanne, you are hanging on with us. Yep. And uh, we're going to go to John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi, Libby. You're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, Suanne answered two of the questions that I had for her, uh, and she answered them um, very much in favor of what I would have proposed. Uh, and other than that, I would say that um, keep up the good work. She's the only columnist I read every day and one of the very few that I believe. You're doing a hell of a job. <laughs> well, Boy, thank you. Thank you. And that's coming from a redneck, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Right, Thanks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. We're taking fan calls for Sue Ann Levy here. (laughs) (laughs) The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And we're talking about, you know, a bombshell a minute in the race, and now it looks like there definitely is a race for the Ontario Conservative Party leadership. Uh, Just a few minutes before we went to air, uh, he, uh, Vic Fideli, sorry, announced that he will not be seeking the permanent leadership, which is something he said he would be seeking just a few days ago. So we are now left with just one declared candidate, and it's Doug Ford, and I am going to bring in another conservative strategist. I hope that's uh, not too much noise on the line. John Mikitishan, who is the president of Bradgate Research Group. Hello, John. Hello. So what is your take on uh, these uh, developments? Uh, which ones? Which ones? Uh, the news that Vic Fideli is not uh, going to seek the leadership? Well, I think it's great. Uh, Vic is a great and honorable man. Uh, if he was to run, he would have put himself in an untenable situation of uh, conflict of interest, trying to be the interim leader with all the resources of the leader's office and the candidate. So now he's going to look after the one job, which is to be the interim leader. And uh, do you have any insight on uh, the whoever had that conversation with Vic Fideli that prompted him to change his mind? They probably have a candidate in mind who I guess we could consider the opposition candidate. Do you have uh, any um, input? 
No, I, I don't, and I, and I wouldn't think that that's actually what happened. I would be much more inclined to believe what happened was um, that they came to the conclusion that he couldn't win. Uh-huh. If, if Mulroney's in and Ford's in, Fidelli finishes third at best. Okay. Um, uh, would you agree with that, Sue Ann? I'll go back to my original premise. Uh, that we talked about at the top of the hour. I think it was more that Fidelli would potentially bleed the vote from a candidate, whether it's Mulrooney or Rod Phillips, and allow Doug to win. I think it was all about strategy, nothing about conflict of interest, nothing about him coming third. Uh, I think this has all been strategized, and uh, and and Vic is, you know, the loser. I I have, you know, like I have a, a great problem talking about conflict of interest. Uh, this the the uh, election is what four and a half, five months away. Why would you not? Days. Yeah. Okay. Why would you not want somebody in there who's, you know, a consistent face? I mean. This is, again, where I think the PCPO has a death wish. They just want to play all these games, do all these little things, and leadership race, and all this sort of stuff, and they don't have a consistent face to actually go up against Kathleen Wynne. And that's why I was so happy with Vic Fidelli going in there, because I thought, well, he's smart, he knows where the bodies are buried, and let him run, and let's see if we can win this election. But no, we've got to have a leadership race, we've got to have infighting. And here we go again. I, I would agree with you that I think uh, the biggest thing missing from the Ontario PC party right now are the majority of the people who are players uh, having the single focus goal of doing what's best to defeat Kathleen Wynne in the upcoming election. But they've been sidetracked into either their personal interests or the interests of their friends or any of these other options that take them off the main goal. So I went to the executive and argued against a leadership vote, for example, for that exact reason. Uh, that's something we could do after the election. The Constitution allowed 18 months. But they heard from their contacts with the writings, because that's what, who they represent, is all the, the mass membership, not the 24 caucus members. And what they heard was uh, predominantly that the grassroots, the members who are the party, that they wanted a leadership. And having said that, it was still basically a a 55-45 vote on the executive. Well, yeah, but this whole business, you know, just talking to um, people who are just voters, the I think the idea of voting for a party when you don't know who the premier would be if you elect them, that's a, that's a tough thing for most people to accept. Sue Ann? I agree. I mean, you know, that's why I felt they had to have a consistent face right out of the gate, right out of the gate. And when I saw that it was Vic Fidelli again, I mean, uh, I have no skin in this game, but I thought, well, at least it's a consistent voice. Uh, he's smart. He's got integrity. Um, and he could probably, uh, as I said, I tweeted last week, Vic Fidelli for the save, meaning save this election. But no, 
uh, you got to do all these other things and mix things up. And I see another, you know, uh, election going down the tubes, as it did in 2011 and as it did in 2014. And it's really sad to see uh, PC Party again imploding in front of our very eyes. Um, Okay, uh, so I, I just came from a presentation at the Public Affairs Association of Canada. They had uh, Greg Lyle in from Innovative Research. Uh, I think that's the name of his company. And they were in uh, the field interviewing over the weekend since Patrick's resignation. And what they found was that to their great surprise and to all of ours, that the party has not taken a hit. People were absolutely aware of Patrick's resignation. They were involved in looking at that and uh, bizarrely, that people have firmed up in their beliefs and support. Normally, people don't pay a lot of attention to the last two weeks of a campaign, no matter when it is. But in the survey that Lyle just com- completed, um, that people are much tighter than they were in their beliefs, much firmer, more, more willing to give an opinion. And on two fronts, the party as a whole has not been hurt. We're still in the lead, still positioned to win. And... Uh, when he went over the list of candidates, um, I don't remember all the findings on top of my head, but um, all the candidates fared relatively well. Now, there's a lot of names in there, potential people who may or may not run, and that's going to affect the dynamic going forward as well. Okay, John, uh, I'm sorry, but there's just a lot of noise on your line, so um, we're going to let you go. Hope we get a better line next time we talk to you. Thanks for joining us. All right, take care. Bye. Okay, uh, that's better. Uh, let's go to Bonnie in Toronto. Hello, Bonnie. Hi. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Fine. Or You're rather. Go ahead. Um, yes, I'm call- calling in regards to the liberal uh, person who called in, the gentleman, uh, a few minutes ago. There are no liberals. The- no liberals today. <laughs> oh, you Sorry? mean the caller. Yeah. The caller. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, talking about the positive things the liberals have done. He didn't to consider the cost factor. We don't know yet what that's going to cost. Now, I um, was skeptical of, of Doug Ford, but yesterday I listened to his uh, press conference, and I think as long as he sticks to the grassroots, support of the grassroots, he'll come through. Because with um, Doug, what you see is what you get. And um, Sue Ann is doing a great job. She's a um, a report, a journalist with integrity, and um, I really appreciate what she's doing. Okay, An- Thank you. another fan call another for Lucia. I didn't, I didn't uh, pay anyone to go on the air, Libby. I want you to know that. Okay, we were we're going to investigate that after we get off the air. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye, um, Sue Ann. There was one at one point. I heard your name floated. <laughs> That was Steve Pakin trying to, you know, uh, cause trouble, I think. Um, No, uh, (laughs) definitely not. Uh, I'm much better commenting. Um, The only thing I was trying to say was that um, there should, uh, you know, if there is a leadership race, and you truly mean what you say about getting the opinion from the grassroots, and you can't have it both ways. You can't say that that leadership race is uh, only close to MPPs and uh, appointed candidates, uh, in other words, people in caucus or appointed candidates. That's not what I call grassroots. It can be from, so that was their attempt to keep Doug Ford, the, you know, anti-Doug Ford movement. And, you know, fairness dictates, as far as I'm concerned, you, you know, you can't, uh, 
pardon the expression, suck and blow. So you you got to say, okay, it's open to anybody who signed up as a PC uh, member. And that's why I said, so even I could run. Not that I intend to run, but okay. that was just an example. Okay, let's go to Frank in Toronto. Hi, Frank. Hi. Um, <clears throat> Sue Ann Levy's 100% right. When Vic Fidali was chosen, they should have stuck with him. No leadership. Um, I think this was the leader, and I was happy. I was made my, my mind to vote. Now I, I'm upside down again as to who I'm going to vote. I really think that Vic was the guy that, man, to, to really combat uh, Kathleen Wynne in this election. Okay, Thank well, you. I guess you're, you're welcome. Well, I guess we'll have to see who runs against... Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Who, thank you. Okay. Uh, Libby, I just wanted to add one thing that, you know, in my experience, having run as a candidate in 2009 and uh, having covered Queen's Park and, you know, been in, involved on the periphery with PC politics, why is it that the PCs of Ontario seem to be uh, in a, unable to keep their dirty linen, their dirty laundry behind closed doors? They're always airing their dirty laundry out in public, whereas I have no doubt this is happening with the Liberals. I have no doubt it's happening with the NDPers. But they seem to keep it under wraps. They keep a close watch on anything getting out. You know, and, you know, this kind of thing, just they can't contain it in the PC caucus. I don't know what it is with them. Okay. Uh, in this segment, I think we have time for one more uh, call. Brian and Mimico. Hello, Brian. Hi, Libby. You know, one thing this province needs, bottom line, needs a damn good enema. We need to get somebody in there and clean out that government of Ontario. Priority number one, make sure the Liberals do not get back in for at least a decade and get somebody who can kick some rear ends in there. And I guess that's going to be Doug Ford because it's the same old, same old, all the other politicians. There's not going to be that much of a change. We need big change big time. Somebody who's going to go in and change those electrical contracts and say, just say, no, these weren't fair, they're done with, and things like that. So oh. that's what I'd like to see being done. Okay, Brian, thanks for that. Okay, um, we're basically out of time for this segment. Uh, Sue Ann, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I just wanted to mention one other thing. You asked me about Lisa McLeod, and I actually think that uh, if I had to pick any woman, it would be Lisa um, I don't care what's going on behind closed doors in the caucus, but the image she presents to me and to other people in this, uh, you know, in the land, in, in, in the environment outside of Queen's Park is that she kicks butt and she knows where the bodies are buried and she's done very well in several files as critic for energy, for education. So, you know, if you're going to talk any kind of woman, you should be talking about somebody who's already proven herself. Okay. On that note, uh, thank you so much, Sue Ann, and uh, I'm sure we will have you back over the course of this. Thanks a lot. I'm de delighted. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. We're taking a quick break. Uh, remember, those of you who couldn't get on Free For All Friday is coming up, and who knows, we might be talking about it before then. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have iconic broadcaster Lloyd Robertson with us, and he'll be talking about mental health. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.